while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. Hope you had a great New Year's Eve. Um, so there's a lot that happened today in the region uh, for um, Massachusetts politics. I'm going to talk about uh, Maury Healy's visit to Taunton in a little bit. But first, we're joined by Adam Bass, WBSM contributor. Hey, Adam. Hey Marcus, how are you? Good to be back on the show. It's great to have you back. At, uh, it's great to have you back, Adam. So you were at the Bristol County Sheriff's um, inauguration ceremony uh, for Paul Haro. I that's, I went there. Right. I went there for a little bit. I couldn't stay. Obviously, I had to come here. Um, I did see a lot of notables there. Uh, but what were your? So he gave a speech. What were the contents of that speech? Do you think? What would you? What would you? Des- what would you describe as the tone uh, of his speech? Thanks, Marcus. I just got back from the Dufree High School in Fall River, where Paul Harrow uh, was. Adam, a- Adam, Adam, it's uh, it's Durfee. Oh, Durfee. Thank you. <laughs> uh, in in Fall River, where Paul Harrow was just inaugurated as Bristol County Sheriff, and the tone of his speech was one of thanks and gratitude to his supporters, and promises to those who advocated for prison reform and modernization of the Bristol County Sheriff's Office. He talked a lot about the same things he discussed on the campaign trail, namely recidivism, which is checking in on people who have gone back to jail after committing a crime, uh, as well as creating new offices to help modernize the system. So one of the things that he talked about was the installation of an officer, of a, um, of a management office to deal with prison uh, inmate needs, the mental health, food, and other services that aren't addressed uh, by inmates to a higher level than they should. So we're speaking with Adam Bass. He's a WBSM contributor. He was at um, the Paul Haro inauguration uh, speaking, um, uh, covering for uh, for WBSM. So um, he said, he talked about, so, so tell me again, he, uh, tell, he wants to start an entirely new office. Because, you know, when I had him on, he talked about maintaining continuity. He talked about not making any dramatic programming changes that are going to disrupt the flow of day-to-day operations. Did he signal any other major changes besides um, starting that new office for manage, uh, ma- management for inmate services? I, I should rephrase that. It's not as much as an office as a position. Um, okay. And that position is going to go to an expert, as he said, who has uh, requirements in understanding mental health and uh, other needs for inmates. Another thing he wanted to do, Marcus, was reach out to the state delegation in making sure that they can find an expert on dealing with homelessness, which is what many inmates in Bristol County County jails deal with. Uh, I actually talked to Representative Tony Cabral of New Bedford, Mm -hmm. and he discussed that he was on board with this idea, but 
they need to create a budget as these positions and uh, services require money. And I actually talked to uh, Sheriff Harrow, now Sheriff Harrow, about uh, when this would happen. He said not until way down the line uh, after the first couple of months. This is something that he needs to outline and create a budget for. So that's going to be a work in progress. Okay, so yeah, that that that's that's more or less consistent with what he said um, on this program a couple times about how he's going to transition. Uh, did he did he say anything? I, I know Sheriff Hodgson wasn't there. I actually spoke with his uh, PIO, uh, his old PIO, now Horos PIO, John Darling, told me that Sher- uh, Hodgson said he was going to start a gym routine. Um, were there, was anything said about Sheriff Hodgson at the uh, inauguration? Yes, actually, Marcus. They were words of gratitude. He thanked Sheriff Hodgson for his 25 years of service in Bristol County Sheriff's in the Bristol County Sheriff's position. Um, look, you know, this campaign uh, was a very bitter one between the two. Uh, names were thrown. Hodgson accused Haro as being a fake. Haro accused Hodgson of discriminatory, discriminatory terms. But at the end of the day, after the election, the transition was very smooth. Hodgson and Haro had a breakfast together at Alboro, which I believe you covered. Uh, and on top of that, they had a tour of the Dartmouth jail. And Haro was pleasantly surprised to see what, what happened there and the state of the jail. So even though it was a very bitter campaign, Haro thanked Hodgson. And he thanked him for what is arguably one of the longest terms serving as a Massachusetts sheriff. Yeah, I think there's... Um... I think there's another sheriff, uh, maybe in Hamden County or somewhere around there, uh, that uh, served like forty some odd years. But Sheriff Hodgson's got to be close to at least the second uh, second longest serving um, in the uh, in the office. So um, uh, you spoke with you spoke with Tony Cabral. Uh, Mayor Coogan had some comments, uh, I believe. Mayor Paul Coogan of Fall River, and then um, Shane Burgo. Did he did he like Councillor Shane Burgo was there? Did he sing? I saw on the program it said he was going to sing. He did sing. I was very surprised. Uh, he said he learned from uh, his time at New Bedford High School to sing uh, America the Beautiful, which received, I believe, the loudest applause that night. <laughs> the only, the second applause, uh, loudest applause being Hero swearing in. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's amazing. Or, you know, you may not know. It's amazing how there's so much talent in Bristol County, not just from individuals but also elected officials yeah right no exactly now I, i've known uh i've known shane i've known shane to be uh to be uh vocally uh vocally gifted but um uh that's that's pretty cool so what other impressions did you get from the uh from the event so i actually talked to a former city councilor of new bedford uh steve martin oh i know steve very well yeah he said he was very he was pleasantly surprised and very supportive of uh, Sheriff Harrow's platform. Mm-hmm. He said that he has been waiting for someone to take on homelessness in New Bedford, whether it be the sheriff or the city council itself. And he is a very excited as a supporter of Harrow to see what the sheriff can do. Uh, that was the general consensus I've heard from fans, whether they be elected officials or just supporters who wore uh, support uh, elect Paul Harrow buttons or had the signs out at the high school. It was a very downplayed event, but also a event where where a lot of green uh, supporters could come true. You know what I thought was interesting? I don't know if you noticed this. When I was there, um, 
uh, I saw Jamie Eldridge, the senator from Acton, and it's quite a trip, right? <laughs> I think I think it says a lot about the impact that this race had across the state that Senator Eldridge, who's the chair of the Judiciary Committee in the Senate, would come down to would come down to uh, Fall River, right, on a weeknight right. to, to, to attend this uh, inauguration. Well, you have to remember, Marcus, one of the big things that's true about Paul Harrow is that he was a former state representative. That's true. And he built, and he built coalitions and friendships that still last, even though he uh, moved on from the state representative's uh, state house in 2017 to become mayor of Alboro, and now he's the sheriff of uh, Bristol County. So despite him hopping the hop into office, those friendships apparently still last. Uh, Tony DeBall, again, said he, he had a great time serving with them and called them, and I quote, interesting. <laughs> interesting. That's funny. Um, so uh, we're speaking with um, we're speaking with Adam Bass. Uh, the, the He was covering the uh, Bristol County Sheriff's event in um, uh, Bristol County Sheriff's inauguration uh, in Fall River today. And, um, yeah, there was, I mean... I, did he did he get a chance to thank? Um, I mean, did did he talk at all about like the Bristol County for Correctional Justice, the organizations that supported him in his? He did mention that in the list of people he thanked, but mostly his speech was comprised of what he was going to do, what he's capable of doing, and what he wants to do as sheriff. He took a very technical approach to his office rather than making it grandiose or huge comparative to something like president because at the end of the day the bristol county sheriff's office while important is smaller compared to the other row offices in massachusetts comparative to governor lieutenant governor auditor treasurer even secretary of the commonwealth he i mean maybe even at mayor of attleboro he, he he actually has a bigger budget i think he said in attleboro than than the uh than, than he than he will um than he will as sheriff so um so so, Adam, uh, I mean, going forward, I think what people can expect, and I don't know if you, you know, if you think the same way, I think people can expect incremental change. So you're not going to go in and you're not going to see, and he's promised as such. That's the way, that's the way it seems, you know, based on what you told me about his speech. And that's the way I think, uh, when we've had conversation on and off the air, I think it's going to be change that you might see over, you know, a six year period rather than the sort of radical progressive strategy that I, I, the radical progressive, um, you know, uh, uh, overturn that I think a lot of Hero's detractors had like doom casted. That, that's the thing that he also said in his speech, Marcus. He said, there will be changes, but you need to be patient for those changes. They will come. And when, and that's, and they said it's going to take time. Don't protest me. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't just wait. It'll come. No, I, I he has he has made that very clear. Uh he he even even when he was campaigning, he made that very clear that you know, he's going he wants to change things, but it's it's going to it's going to take a while. So, um Adam Bass, uh any other goings on in in um in Massachusetts politics that you think are interesting? Well, we've got a whole slew of inaugurations coming up tomorrow. The state house is coming in and it's going to be sworn in by Governor Baker. Mm -hmm. And Governor Baker is going to do something very, very interesting for those really, really obsessed with Massachusetts politics called the Long Walk, where he oh, goes yeah. out 
He goes out of the state house and into the Boston Public Garden to symbolize that the man in the corner office, the governor, is now returning to the people. And then on Thursday, it's the big night where Maura Healy and Lieutenant and uh, Tim Driscoll of Salem are going to be sworn in as the governor and lieutenant governor. So I'm going to be covering that as well. It's going to be very interesting. It's going to be historic for some. It's going to be maybe mundane for other Massachusetts reporters. But it's going to be big, Marcus. So you're going to be there? That's correct. That's great. I can't make it. So uh, I hope you... Um I hope you uh, enjoy it. I saw he I saw Healy and Driscoll today uh, in Taunton, and uh, you know what I'm hoping for, and what they're going to reveal, and maybe you can, we can talk about this some other time. But mm-hmm. Healy told me she's you know they're they're going to reveal some specifics about you know their plans because you know when I talked to her today, she had some very broad strokes, uh, you know, typically that she had during the campaign, and she said at the inauguration there's going to be more some more details on what ex- how exactly she they're going to address the issues of the day housing child care um and uh transportation and the like that is true and one thing if before i go one thing that i do want to mention that she probably might want to talk about is the recent updates with commonwealth wind how they are now in agreement or in the application or have an agreement between the state that they have to now do their projects on offshore wind, even though they want to uh, rescind those due yeah. to rising costs and inflation. So it will be interesting to see where she stands on that and what sort of deal that she can make with Commonwealth Wind to secure uh, what is a highly sought-after industry in Massachusetts and in New Bedford, offshore wind. Yeah, and she's talked a lot about offshore wind uh, during the um, during the campaign trail. All right, Adam, I'll, I'll, I'll let to get you. Uh, I'll let you get to writing that article uh, that we'll be able to check out later on WBSM.com on the sheriff's inauguration. Adam, where can people go uh, to follow you if they want to know more about Massachusetts politics? As you said, you can find me at WBSM.com. You can also listen to my stories on the newsroom as well. I'm also reporting for the North Star Reporter in North Albro. It's a local paper. And, of course, you can follow my Twitter, at Adam Bath of Math. That's Adam Bath of Math. Adam, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you as well. That was Adam Bass, contributor at WBSM, um, certainly hitting the ground running uh, as as a contributor. He was there covering the uh, event today. He... Um, Real like he's got a he's got like real stuff. He's got like a recording like a I just use my phone. He's got like an actual voice recorder. He's a real reporter, guys. He's a real reporter. I just kind of <laughs> I just I just kind of show up with my phone. I get some comments and I did talk to more Healy today. We can talk more about that today. I'm also going to have Mike Osti, who is a uh, sports broadcaster in the Pittsburgh market. He covers the NFL. He covers the uh, he covers the NFL and the uh, Pittsburgh sports in general, and the NBA, the NHL. He's, uh, you know, he's a, a journalist from West Virginia, and he he's going. We're going to talk about um, the whole uh, the whole um, you know the tragedy surrounding uh, Darrell ha- uh, Darrell Hamlin, and uh, you know how the league moves forward from there. So, five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. If I can get on the program this evening, I'm going to take a break, and we'll be right back. This is South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. Fourteen twenty WBS. Marcus five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. If I can get in the program. So a lot happened today down here in the South Coast. I don't know how much you might have heard about it today, but. Obviously, we just talked to Adam Bass, WBSM contributor. Paul Haro was just inaugurated. He is now officially Bristol County Sheriff Paul Haro. 
uh, Tom Hodgson is now former Bristol County Sheriff uh, Tom Hodgson. So um, uh, it's official. He's the sheriff now, and he starts tomorrow. So it's his first day tomorrow, and obviously we're going to be following him here on WBSM to get a... um, you know, to get updates on, on how his, you know, tenure is, uh, you know, how his tenure is going as sheriff. We'll be following that very closely. I know a lot of, uh, I know a lot of people have been very interested in that and how that's going to go. It's a really important job. Obviously there was a lot of time, interest, money, uh, that went into that race, uh, you know, and we spent a lot of time here on it. So now that he's sheriff for we will, we will be following him. We will be asking him questions. We will be asking him the hard questions. And uh, he'll be here to answer it, I think. During this time, I think he's, he you know, he's built a pretty, you know, Sheriff Hodgson obviously had a famously good relationship here with WBSM. And, you know, he was always a, one of the most media available uh, elected officials, probably the most media available elected official in the county. Um, and I think Paul Haro is going to be equally as available. And I think he's going to have um, a, I think we're going to have a good, uh, he's going to have a good relationship with this station as well. He will be, I think he will be on, uh, he he wants to come on and talk to the public. He understands the importance of local media. So 508-996-0500. I have an article on WBSM.com. You can check out more Healy and Kim Driscoll, the Lieutenant Governor and Governor-elect. They were in Taunton today. They were, so it's their first, um, it was their, uh, it was, um, it was their, not their first, it was their second day of this pre-inauguration tour that they're having called the Team Up Massachusetts Tour. Uh, it's, you know, they're made, they made five, they're making five stops this week. They stopped in Western and Central Mass. Uh, yesterday they're stopping in, um, they stopped in Taunton today. They stopped on Cape Cod and Yarmouth, which is quite a drive. It's quite a drive from Taunton to Yarmouth and then back up to Boston. But Hey, I guess, you know, someone's probably driving. (laughs) Someone's probably driving for them. So whatever. Uh, so anyway, um, but it was, a you know, basically what they wanted to do is sort of, you know, do a little tour uh, around Massachusetts, participate in these food drives and in charitable causes, uh, you know, at these events and sort of, you know, really get out there um, before uh, before they get sworn in. They're getting sworn in TD Garden in Boston. It's called the Moving the Ball Forward Ceremony. It's uh, Thursday at, was it 530? 6? I can't make it. I'm going to be here with you guys, actually. And uh, actually, Dana Ribeiro is going to be joining us uh, Thursday at 8, former Ward 4 City Councilor. Um, she works, you know, at Vineyard Wood. Now they're going to talk about some exciting stuff that they've got going on there. So we were just talking about wind earlier, uh, wind power earlier. So, yeah, they, so they were there. Um, there was a lot of people there. I mean, I saw Tom Hoy register, you know, the Bristol count, uh, Bristol. Um, County Register of Probate used to be the mayor of Taunton, former mayor of Taunton, Sean, uh, Sean O'Connell, um, uh, State Rep. Carol Doherty, State Rep. Jim Hawkins, all friends of the show. Um, well, Sean O'Connell will be a friend of the show. He's going to join me at some point. But um, uh, all friends of the show, you know, I think I think that Healy and Driscoll are both really excellent retail politicians. Uh, they... 
Um, obviously, and I think maybe to get to that highest level of, of, of governance, you probably have to be a really good retail politician, but I think they've excelled in, uh, in the retail politics and, you know, you see them engaging, they see them, you know, talking to constituents and all that. I'm looking forward to seeing what they have to offer as, as governor and Lieutenant governor, because, you know, like, as, like we've said before, it is a lot of broad strokes talking about issues that are really important, like housing, transportation, childcare, uh, and I know that, you know, those two are obviously very, very competent people. You know, they've they've uh, they've operated at high levels of government and they've really excelled. Um, but, you know, we all want to know so the park is we can, so we can have more to talk about is what exactly is being proposed. I asked her to um, we talked. I asked her, you know, what was her what was her uh, opposition on um what did she see as her biggest uh, opposition on uh, Beacon Hill now that there's not a single Republican that has their hand on any lever of power in the uh, obviously not in the governor's mansion anymore they they've they're, they've lost state rep seats in the house they still only have three senators and now they've even lost you know obviously you know the two sheriff seats a DA seat. So there isn't really a lot of foil for, for Healy. And, you know, I, I, I asked her that and she said, you know, well, Marcus, I don't think in those terms, you know, uh, very like chalky answer. You know, we want to focus on, you know, we want to focus on uh, you know, getting to yes and coming up with this, you know, how we can consensus build and all that stuff. So still very, like I said, still very, I'm looking forward to, you know, being able to pierce the veil a little bit and seeing what exactly we're going to get uh, from the uh, Healy Driscoll administration. Um, you know, besides, I think, you know, very competent uh, governance. So 508 996 you get the program. Uh, obviously, we're still tracking the story about the uh, pay raises that happens. Um, the, uh, the pay raises that happened in the New Bedford City Council, I know a lot of you are very interested in that. And for people who don't know, there um, there was a uh, in in a um, in a meeting in the City Council, there was a proposed uh, pay raises for that were proposed by the mayor based on a study that he had got a survey he had gotten done, an independent survey he had gotten done that looked that compared New Bedford to other communities like Providence, Taunton, Boston, Brockton. Dartmouth, et cetera, a lot of communities, and they found that New Bedford's pay was a lot lower than the average pay of all of those towns for uh, all but like a couple of positions. So they proposed a, so they proposed a set of unit C pay increases because they were losing, they were losing, they lost 45 positions in unit C. Uh, in unit C, and these are these are like a lot of non-union jobs, like in the auditor's office at the airport, et cetera. They lost 45 uh, of these jobs, I think, over the past year because they're not paying uh, a lot. They lost, um, I think, they lost somebody in their auditor's office to Middleborough for an extra fifteen thousand dollars, even though Middleborough's only got about fifteen thousand people themselves, and New Bedford's obviously got a hundred and six thousand, right? And they're getting paid more in smaller towns like Middleborough. That's about it. Middleborough is about as big as Fairhaven, right? So it doesn't make a lot of sense. So they proposed those pay raises. They're desperately needed. But then 
um, what caught a lot of people's eye was that City Council Linda Moore had proposed some pay raises for um, Cynthia Walquist, who's the Human Services Director, for uh, Manny Maciel, who's the Animal Control Officer, for Nick Nanopoulos, who's on the licensing board. And these pay raises were about 40 to 50 grand higher than what their salary is now. A 40 to 50 grand pay raise, which is really, really substantial. So... And well, uh, well above what was being recommended. So uh, Jack Splain has a really good column about this on WBSM.com. You can check it out. Basically, what they were looking for was um, what they were looking for was like uh, one or two levels above, right? What they these these uh, individuals are getting paid now, and what Council Moore had proposed, and the City Council adopted ten to nothing was five to six levels above what they were currently getting. So um, I think uh, Walquist's salary went from 93000 to 143000 Manny Maciel's uh, salary went from 83000 to 120000 And I can't remember. I think Nolopolis was pretty high, too. I can't remember the exact figures, but it was about 40, you know, it was about 40 grand. So it's pretty high. And... They didn't really provide a good excuse, like a good, not even excuse, a good reason for it. Uh, the reasoning was basically that everybody with the title department head should be paid as one. But they're obviously, that's ridiculous on its face. There are some departments that are getting, you know, that have 200 people. There are some departments that have two people. Right. And so a lot of people, you know, we've gotten a ton of calls about it over the last few days. And a lot of people are saying patronage. This is a patronage thing. They're doing it because they like these people. Um, you know, I think one of the explanations is I don't know why Council Moore had really proposed it. I don't actually believe her reasoning at all. Uh, but uh, again, we're working on uh, trying to get some uh, counselors on the record about it. But uh, when I have the time, we will. Uh, and I know Naomi Carney is going to come in next week. She was. I just talked to her. I saw her at the sheriff's inauguration. Obviously, you know, she worked. She works for the sheriff's office. She worked under Tom Hodge. Now she'll be working under Paul Haro. Um, but I, you know, I asked her. She said she's going to come on on uh, Monday to talk about the walkout. So that's another situation that we're going to cover is the walkout uh, of Shane Burgo and Ryan Pereira on the uh, city council. And she's looking forward to coming on. We talked about it uh, today. She seems to be very, very much looking forward to coming on. So it'll be, um, I think that'll be a really uh, interesting interview, but I think a lot of people are upset because, you know, there's, uh, you know, you see these modest pay increases for a lot of people that were absolutely deserved because city workers do need to get paid um, a lot more than they do. Public sector employees, typically, you know, if you're in the public, se if you're working in the public sector, especially in a municipality uh, like New Bedford, the size of New Bedford or the size of Fairhaven or anywhere else around here, you're not doing it because you're looking to get rich, right? You're doing it, you know, because uh, you like the, the pub, you know, because you want to do the public service. So, you know, there is, I think, a, you know, I Barry, Richard and I talked about this a couple days ago. There is a perception, obviously, of, oh, if you're a public worker, you're lazy and all this other stuff. And that's obviously not true. You know, I think there's a lot of, you know, most most people who work a job do the best they can. And to 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 that point, I think that the people who were the subject of this pay raise, who got these pay raises, it's I think, you know, they're getting a lot more money, apparently. But I think, you know, in a way, it's kind of crappy to them because they're just people doing their jobs and they kind of 
you know, there's no record of them asking for any of this. Right. And now they're mentioned in the paper. They're mentioned here in WBSM and they're mentioned all the time because the city council decided to throw 50 grand at them each in salary. Meanwhile, there are some cuts that happened this past um, this past budget season on cut nights that were that were inexplicable. Big cuts, to the wastewater budget cuts, the mayor Mitchell's office and all of that. And. It doesn't make sense to make those cuts to say we need to tighten our belts and all that. And then to indiscriminately throw a ton of salary at people that's way above because they all deserved pay raises. But we we know that the you know, the pay raises that they were proposing didn't pass. Don't really pass muster. Right. The, those those 40 to 50 thousand dollar pay raises don't pass muster. And obviously a lot of people are upset about the rise, the rate, the you know, the the rise in property taxes. New Bedford's one of the highest property taxes in the region, if not the highest property taxes in the region um and to just sort of i think laissez-faire say oh this guy needs fifty thousand dollars she needs sixty thousand dollars or fifty forty thousand dollars i think for a lot of people it, it it definitely upset them we could hear that when they were when they were calling in so that's something we're going to continue to track here uh obviously is that issue it's a big issue and we know that you're uh, interested in talking about it. So 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program this evening. I'll tell you what I'm going to do now. I'm going to take a break now. And we'll be right back. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. 1420 WBSM can now be heard on 99.5 FM. Why? Why do we ignore the things that give us pause, that seem out of place, that don't feel right? The answer to why defines who we are. So if you see something, why do you say something? I see safe for my friends. For my community. For my family. For each other. Because all of this matters. We all have something worth protecting. So why do you see safe? Report suspicious activity to local authorities. If you see something, say something. The United States has the highest rate of incarceration in the world. At the Equal Justice Initiative, we believe mass incarceration has to end. There is this presumption of dangerousness and guilt that gets assigned to black and brown people. We have to confront our history of racial injustice and commit to a new era of truth. There's something better waiting for us, something that feels more like freedom. Truth can inspire change. Please learn more at EJI.org. On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind. Ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. We leave no warrior behind. Wounded Warrior Project is a nonprofit organization created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war. Whether those scars are physical or mental, we're here to make sure that they heal. And whether it's helping those with post-traumatic stress disorder live a normal life again, are giving much-needed support to injured warriors and veterans' hospitals. Because no one deserves our help more than the men and women who risk their lives to keep us safe. Wounded Warrior Project. We never leave a fallen warrior behind. Ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org. If a natural disaster comes knocking, how prepared is your family? You can't just close the door on earthquakes, floods, or hurricanes and hope they go away. That's why it's important to make a plan now. 
Ready.gov plan has the tools and tips you need to prepare your family for an emergency. So if disaster shows up at your doorstep, you'll be ready. Visit ready.gov plan and make a plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. America's kids are returning to class in school and at home. And this year, learning is especially tough for kids who already struggle with poverty, emotional trauma, and other barriers. But Communities in Schools is helping by putting caring adults in schools to connect with kids. And now we're reaching beyond school walls, tutoring, mentoring, and counseling students, providing resources for at-home learning, doing whatever it takes to make sure all kids have the opportunity to learn and succeed. For more information, visit communitiesinschools.org. Marcus McCarthy. South Coast Tonight is the place to react to all of the day's news and where they make some news of their own. Back to the talk now on WBS. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus, 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. By the way, I did want to mention that uh, on the way here from the inauguration, I was, I was um, watching, I was listening to the Howie Carr Show here in WBSM, which airs three to seven. It's our lead in program. Howie Carr wasn't in today, but uh, Chris Doty, who was the former gubernatorial candidate um, in the Republican primary, who uh, lost to Jeff Deal, I think it was about by about uh, eight-ish points, but I think ran, you know, kind of a late campaign. I had Chris Doty in, in studio, actually, for an hour, and we had a nice long-form conversation. Strikes me as a nice person, uh, even if he is a Republican, and... He he was in filling in for Howie Carr, and the last hour of the show, he had Jess Machado on, and him and Jess talked about the end of the mass G or the 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 sort of not the end well what has basically been the end of the mass GOP as it as it currently stands. Uh, a lot of discussions been about you know Jim Lyons, the chair of the mass GOP putting up candidates that uh, obviously had no shot at winning statewide and and thus killing the careers of a lot of down ballot Republicans in Massachusetts, right? Um, so uh, a lot of um, a lot of down ballot Republicans in Massachusetts, namely, Thomas Hodgson, right? Tim Whalen, the Barnesville County, uh, uh, the Barnesville County Sheriff candidate, the Republican side, he's a state rep. Um, there's a lot. There's a couple close, close races down here. The Evan Gendro race could have gone the other way, I think. With a, with a, um, it was. You look at the numbers in that race; it was pretty close. The Evan Gendro Paul Schmid race that could have gone the. I think with a baker at the top of the ticket. I'm not saying it would have. But I'm saying it could have. The numbers. Numbers were pretty good for Gendro, all things considered. You know, in making that district, um, in making the majority uh, people of color district that Chris Hendricks now represents, which I support, I'm a supporter of, I think it's good and necessary. Uh, they did, in fact, make two of the districts here in the South Coast, the state rep districts, a lot more conservative, like the district that um, Paul Schmidt represents that Evan Ginger ran for as a Republican. Uh, and, you know, Bill Strauss's district has become, which I'm in, has become more conservative because they had to add um, a cushion it. 
So, um, plus there's, you know, in that district, Rochester. And so it's, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, not a, it's a fairly, I don't know, purplish type of district. So, um, anyway, you know, they were talking a lot about that and uh, Jess really took the opportunity because she cared about it, right? She cared about the story, um, because it impacted her personally, uh, working on campaigns, right? Local campaigns that weren't successful and felt that like they could have gone the other way if there was some more unified, competent leadership at the state Republican party felt that they could have gone the other way um, because they were close enough. And, you know, I've been saying this, how much the top of the ballot carries the, 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 the bottom of the ballot races. So she took that story and she really took ownership of it. She started having all the candidates who the people who wanted to be um, on the uh, to wanted to be the new committee chairperson talked about all their experiences and all of that. I got to learn a lot a lot about them and a lot about, you know, how it's going over there. You know, she talked about the state committee and making people more aware of who their state committee person is because it's not something that's talked about all that much and it's something that you vote on uh, i believe every four years in a presidential year you vote on your state committee person uh two percentage to two in the republicans it's a male and a female per per senate district so they you know we talked uh she talked about that really took ownership of the story and i think uh did a great job um i mean i happen to think that jim lyon's for the mass GOP, this is more of an outsider perspective. He's obviously not a good chairperson. And, you know, if they want to win races, they should get rid of him. But he's not the cause of their problems. He's a symptom of their problems. I've said this before. He represents an ideology that people in Massachusetts just don't like. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people who, and Jess isn't one of them. She's, you know, but there's a lot of people who, other people who will say, oh, my God, this is terrible. We need to win elections. We need to do this. We need to do that. But then, you know, just dump on Charlie Baker, right? And that doesn't work. Charlie Baker is the kind of guy that wins elections. And maybe you want someone a little more conservative. But, you know, you've got to win. It, you know, you got to win with pragmatism. You got to win with pragmatism. If you're not pragmatic, you're not going to win. And so a lot of this stuff, this all this stuff about CRT and freaking out about transgenders, all of that, the the none of that people here especially in Massachusetts, but I think more broadly nationally have shown that they don't like that stuff. It makes them uncomfortable. People don't like when you call their their kids teachers pedophiles, right? They don't like that stuff. So they, what they, you know, I think what they need to do is get back to being, is to sort of jettison the social stuff that I think is losing them elections, especially Massachusetts. I think that's very easy for you to do in Massachusetts. I think you can easily jettison the social stuff, right? And focus more on getting people to vote with their wallets, right? getting people to vote with their wallets and, you know, pitching yourself again as the business party, as being a guy like Charlie Baker 
right? And, uh, you know, the corporate executive type of guy. That's why they like Chris Doty, right? That's why a lot of people like Chris Doty, thought he could win. So I think that's really where they need to go. Again, you can get rid of Jim Lyons, but if someone else is going to go up there and say the same stuff he said, right, and get the same candidates he said, it, it, it's it's a you've got to come to a consensus about the types of candidates that you're that you are interested in supporting, and if it's not, it can't be Jeff Deal. Obviously, if it's not a guy like Jeff Deal. It can't be a Trump person. It's got to be someone at least closer to Charlie Baker, right? That's the type of candidate that can win. Look at Tim Cruz. Same thing. Tim Cruz over in Plymouth County. Overwhelmingly won his election against a very good candidate. And it's because he presents himself in a pragmatic and affable way. Doesn't try to scare people. So 508-996-0500 is how you get into the program. I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. If you want to hear everything, 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program this evening. So, um, what I want to talk about in the next hour, and we'll, we'll take your calls. I mean, whatever you want to talk about, you can feel free to call me or send a message on the app chat, whatever floats your boat, right? But um, what I do actually want to discuss is the power struggle happening, not in the local GOP, but what's going on in the House. Is Kevin McCarthy going to be the next Speaker of the House? It looks like it might not. Uh, that might not happen. And that's, I think, the third time he's tried to be Speaker and failed. But it's very, very, it's a very, very interesting story. There's a lot of layers to it, and we can talk about it uh, in the next hour. And again, at 9 o'clock, we're going to have um, we're going to have Mike Osti. He's a, he's a sports he's a sportscaster in the Pittsburgh market, and he wants to talk about. Well, I wanted to have him on. I had him on my Saturday show quite a bit, but I've wanted to have I wanted to have him on to talk about the ongoing situation with Bills uh, safety Demar Hamlin. Um, I don't know if any of you were watching the Monday Night Football game last night, uh, where Demar Hamlin. Um, took that shot to the chest and then collapsed on the field. I, I was watching it. It was, it was difficult to watch uh, and got CPR. Um, so we're going to talk uh, about that with, with Mike Osti. He covers the NFL, a very knowledgeable guy on that, on those matters. So I will talk to you guys more in the eight o'clock hour. So talk to you then.